1: we go, episode 651 of the Al Goldie podcast. It is Thursday, September 7th, 2023. It is the day on which we begin the 2023 NFL regular season. The Detroit Lions at the Kansas City Chiefs, Thursday night at 820, NFL opening night. Happy NFL Regular season. We have made it through the offseason. We have made it through training camp season. We have made it through the preseason. And as you may have heard, we have a Commanders regular season game at a sold out FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1. Hello and welcome to this Thursday installment of the Al Goldie podcast. By the way, the commander's managing partner, Josh Harris, and his top limited partner, Mitchell Rails, they on Wednesday night spoke before the Economic Club of Washington, D.C. This was a free-flowing Q&A-type conversation, and Josh at one point said that the commander's second home game of the 2023 regular season, the game against the Buffalo. Buffalo bills at FedEx field in week three was very close to being sold out. Josh also said, quote, if you're in the NFC East, we're coming back. End quote. <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, Wednesday ended up being a busy day for the Josh Harris group, as Josh and another key limited partner in the group, some guy named Magic Johnson attended commander's practice on Wednesday afternoon. This office guy, Magic, speaking, to the Commanders on Wednesday morning. Coming up on the show, you will hear what head coach Rod Rivera in a post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon and quarterback Sam Howell in a pre-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon had to say about what Magic Johnson said to the team. Some really good stuff. But that's only part of of our Commanders conversation on the show. We have a lot to get to. Uh, I also will take you through a number of key comments from Sam on Wednesday afternoon on how things are going between him and Assistant Head Coach slash Offensive Coordinator Eric Bieniemy, And you'll hear about Sam on Wednesday morning being named as one of the six team captains for the Commanders for the 2023 season. Additionally, next segment, the very latest on Commanders injuries for the game against the Colts Cardinals. We, on Wednesday afternoon, did get the first commander's injury report for the 2023 regular season, and the report was surprisingly short. That's a good thing, and there does seem to be optimism regarding the uh, two key Ohio State Buckeyes-turned-Washington players, receiver Terry McLaurin and edge defender Chase Young, playing this Sunday afternoon. Also, I'll get into a signing that the commanders announced on Wednesday morning. The signing of former Redskins receiver Jamison Crowder to the practice squad. Yes, Crowder is back, and he could be the team's primary punt returner on Sunday. We'll see. But receiver Dax Milne may be out due to a groin injury. Uh and I've got some good comments from Rod Rivera on FedEx Field being sold out for Sunday afternoon. We on this show have quite a bit about which to converse regarding our football team. And then after all of our Commander's content, I will talk Nationals and Orioles, both teams on Wednesday night one. The Nats ended their six-game losing streak with a come-from-behind walk-off win, a 3-2 walk-off win over the New York Mets at Nationals Park for a split of a two-game series. And also, we with the Nats have more front office intrigue that uh, we need to talk about. And the American League leading O's, uh, they won at the Los Angeles Angels 10-3 late night on Wednesday night to complete a three-game sweep during which the O's hit like crazy. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Stanley Evans on Ron Rivera's pension for not wanting to say much about injuries, right, Stanley? What's up, Goldie? I just don't understand the thing about Ron being so tight-lipped with injuries. He has loose lips about everything else. I love some things about Ron, but he comes off as presumptuous when he's asked about injuries, like an attitude of, how dare you ask that? It's just annoying. Excuse us if we want to know the status of one of our key players this season. Keep doing your thing, uh, Thank you for the email, Stanley. Yeah, I don't mind Ron not giving us much on injuries. I don't think that he does that to be a jerk. I think that he does that for competitive reasons. Now, how much of a competitive advantage is gained by not saying much about injuries when the NFL has teams put out injury reports? Uh, certainly can be debated. But if Ron Rivera by not saying much about injuries makes an opponent waste time preparing for someone who ends up not playing in the game, then that's a win for Ron. Uh, The only benefit to an NFL coach being open about injuries is transparency with the fans and the media. But, you know, fans care about winning. And so if not being open about injuries helps the team win, then I think most fans are just fine with a head coach not being open about injuries. And coaches don't owe the media anything beyond the uh, coaches' NFL-mandated obligations to the media. So I'm fine with Ron talking about injuries the way that he does. I always go back to this WWE. BBD, what would Bill Belichick do? What would the GOAT of NFL head coaches, New England Patriots head coach, Bill Belichick do? And of course, Belichick says basically nothing about injuries. So if that's what he does, then that's what Ron should do. Uh, Email from Kendall Coates on something on which I've been getting a good bit of feedback lately. The availability of Commander's merchandise. Commander's merch! in the Washington, D.C. area. Writes Kendall, hey Al, I grew up in Montgomery County, Maryland, and I attended Albert Einstein High School in Kensington, Maryland. I've been a skin slash Commander's fan my whole life. I stayed in the area until I was 38, then moved to the Hagerstown, Maryland area, and now live in Greencastle, Pennsylvania, which is just across the state line. Out in Hagerstown, nobody is a Commander's fan, nor are people Ravens fans. no, This is Steelers country. These people make me sick. (laughs) They are worse than every mouthy Cowboys fan. At the local stores, you will find an abundance of Steelers gear, West Virginia gear, and Penn State gear. I have to order my Commanders and Terps gear online. Anyways, keep up the great work. Best wishes, Kendall. Uh, Thank you very much for that, Kendall. So, wow, Hagerstown, Maryland is more Steelers territory then Hagerstown is Commander's or Raven's territory? Hagerstown is so much closer to Washington, D.C. and Baltimore than Hagerstown is to Pittsburgh, and yet Hagerstown is Steelers territory? That's surprising. Uh, Steelers fans are everywhere, though. Uh, We know that. Heck, there's one in my bed every night. Uh, Well, Steelers fans infiltrating our area may be a problem, but it's not as big of a problem as what is happening In the home and auto insurance markets lately, are you not happy with what you're paying for home and auto insurance? Uh, You're not alone. We are routinely seeing 20% increases in home and auto insurance, even when the account is clean, meaning no accidents or violations on the auto insurance and no claims on the property insurance. Do yourself a favor, get with BMC insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. You'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a loyal listener of this podcast. And make sure that you mention that Al Goldie sent you. BMC Insurance, it offers home insurance, auto insurance, and also small business insurance in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and North Carolina. BMC Insurance is an independent insurance agency, meaning that it has many, as in dozens of insurance carriers it works with, to make sure that clients are always paying competitive rates. What's especially great about BMC Insurance is that it has relationships with its clients. BMC Insurance is a trusted advisor For your insurance needs. Uh, BMC Insurance continues to work with clients after sales. It has team members who actually shop clients' insurance every year when they renew. Uh, And BMC Insurance does this proactively so that you don't have to. BMC Insurance will save you time and money. And perhaps most telling, BMC Insurance's client retention rates historically are much higher than industry averages. You see, when people get BMC Insurance, they stay with BMC Insurance. Don't get gouged on your home and auto insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. Talk to my guy, Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, And BMC Insurance does offer small business insurance. So if you're looking for general liability, workers' comp, or commercial auto insurance, BMC Insurance can help. Visit insurancebmc.com. That's insurancebmc.com. And make sure that you mention... That Al Galdi sent you. Well, this is an exciting time in an exciting year in Washington, D.C. area sports, especially off the sale of the Commanders in their regular season beginning with the game against the Arizona Cardinals at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at one. There is a momentum with our football team. There is big time renewed interest in the team. Uh no podcast or show covers the team like this podcast does. And so if you would like to grow your business or practice, consider advertising on the Al Galdi podcast. Podcast advertising is very affordable and very effective. You get a bang for your buck. In our current economy, podcast advertising is the way to go. Podcast advertising works. Email us, see what we can do for you. The email address is thealgaldipodcast at yahoo.com. I, uh, on Wednesday show, episode 650, spoke with Arizona Cardinals insider Darren Urban of the Cardinals official website, azcardinals.com. Uh, Darren has covered the Cardinals for years, and among the many topics that we got into was who the heck is Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon going to start at quarterback at the Commanders this Sunday afternoon. Uh, Gannon has been playing coy, and I do not mean Colt McCoy, <laughs> about who the Cardinals starting quarterback will be. Uh, Now, Darren did all but tell us that the Cardinals will be starting Joshua Dobbs at quarterback as opposed to Clayton Toon. And sure enough, We on Wednesday afternoon got a report from NFL insider Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and NFL.com saying that the Cardinals are expected to start Joshua Dobbs at the Commanders on Sunday afternoon. So not necessarily mystery solved, but uh, mystery becoming clear. Uh, Said Rappaport in a tweet, quote, sources the hashtag AZ Cardinals are expected to have Josh Dobbs as their starting QB this week with rookie Clayton Toon getting backup reps. They'll evaluate the situation each week, but this is how it begins, end quote. And so... The Commanders 2023 regular season does begin, and we on Wednesday afternoon got the first official Commanders injury report for the 2023 regular season. The report listed just four players. Uh, those four players, receiver Terry McLaurin, uh, he was listed as having been a limited participant in Wednesday afternoon's practice due to the right big toe injury that he suffered in the preseason win of the Baltimore Ravens at FedEx Field on Monday Night Football on August 21st. Edge defender Chase Young, he was listed as having been a limited participant in Wednesday afternoon's practice due to the stinger that he suffered in the commander's preseason opening win at the Cleveland Browns on August 11th. Uh, Corner Benjamin St. Juice, he was on the commander's injury report, but he was listed as a full participant in Wednesday afternoon's practice. He's coming off an ankle injury. And receiver Dax Milne, he was listed as having not practiced on Wednesday afternoon due to a groin injury. But... But tight end Logan Thomas, left guard Sadiq Charles, corner Danny Johnson, and other Commanders players who have dealt with injuries in recent weeks, none of those guys on the Commanders injury report that came out on Wednesday afternoon. So good news there. Uh, Regarding Terry McLaurin and Chase Young, there does seem to be optimism that each guy will play on Sunday afternoon. Here was head coach Rod Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon.
2: Terry looked really good. You know, we, he, he, he took the reps that we had listed for him, and, and he looked good. So obviously the opportunity to, to increase him tomorrow will most certainly uh, occur. Um, it, it was a good day for him. Um, as far as Chase is concerned, as Chase told you, he's doing everything he can To get himself ready to play um you know we we have reps scripted for him we have certain periods that he can participate in um and again it's going to be all up to what happens with the doctor visit that he has coming up soon and uh we'll go from there but but the young man is chomping at the bit he's done everything that 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 he possibly could probably and um he's getting himself ready to play uh and and again if he's cleared he will we'll go
1: All right, so more on Terry McLaurin. NFL insider Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports on Wednesday morning tweeted, quote, sources in Washington are optimistic about commander's wide receiver Terry McLaurin, parentheses toe, end of parentheses. He's responded well to work on the field so far with a few days of practice remaining before sold out home opener against Arizona, end quote. This was Terry with reporters on Wednesday afternoon.
3: I never want to put myself or the team in a situation where I can't give it my best. So if I'm out there, it's because I can give it my best, and uh, I'm going to go from there. But I've been getting some great care from Mark and the guys in there, um, you know, check with some people outside the building, and uh, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. So uh, thankful for God for that and excited to, to be out there practicing. What does the toe feel like now? Any limitations, yeah. and what do you have to feel, know, yeah.
1: to know that you're ready to play on Sunday?
3: Definitely. I think uh, – you know, I want to be able to know that I can, I can burst, I can run, I can cut, be my normal self. You know, what I mean, I've, I played through uh, ailments before, and so I know the difference between you're a little sore and you just can't go. You know, what I mean, I had an ankle sprain, so um, I know what it's like to kind of have, you know, some foot issues. But um, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm confident with where things are right now, and I'm just going to continue to try to have a good day tomorrow. See how I feel waking up after today. And, um, and and take it from there, but you know I'm a I'm a fighter, so I want to be out there with my guys. You talk about wanting to be your normal self. Do you yeah, feel like you're your normal self I mean, I felt good. That's why I'm out there right now. If I didn't feel like myself, I would honestly tell the trainers that I'm not comfortable being out there. You know, I mean, I think they trust my judgment. I think people know the kind of person I am. I'm not going to be somebody who, um, if, I, if I'm hurt. It's because I'm hurt. If if I'm a little banged up and I can still give it my all, then I'm gonna be out there. So I'm out there because I feel confident that I could get to the place where I can uh, have a chance to play this week. So I'm looking forward to see how the rest of this week goes and going from there. Haven't had
4: turf toe. Yeah.
3: Uh, it's tough, um, especially when you're kind of a speed guy. You know, what I mean, it, it really impacts your your push off through your big toe um, cutting. You got to be a little sensitive to and you know i got a little bit of a bunion issue going on uh i've had that for a long time so uh you got to be cognizant of all that but there's things you can do with uh, orthotics tape jobs that can really help support your foot so you aren't necessarily in that same position where it happened the first time so i'm confident in what's going on right now i really am that's why i'm out there and i'm looking to see how i feel tomorrow and going from there.
1: So Terry McLaurin, not sounding certain that he'll play on Sunday afternoon, but sounding like there's at least a pretty good chance that he'll play on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Chase Young, he on Wednesday afternoon told reporters that he is ready to go and just is waiting to get fully cleared. Now, as for Dax Milne, uh, the only player on the Commander's 53-man roster who did not practice at all on Wednesday afternoon, well, uh, the team would seem to have found his replacement should he not be able to play against the Cardinals. The Commanders on Wednesday morning announced that they had signed former Redskins receiver Jamison Crowder to the practice squad, Uh, this off the team having worked out Crowder on Tuesday. Jamison Crowder just got cut by the New York Giants. His contract with the Giants was terminated on August 30th. They're cut down to 53. He had signed with the Giants as an unrestricted free agent this past March 23rd. The 2023 season is Crowder's age 30 season. Uh, The Skins took Jamison Crowder in the fourth round of the 2015 NFL Draft out of Duke. He played for the Skins for four seasons. He was terrific over his first two seasons, 2015 and 2016. Crowder for the 2015 regular season had a franchise rookie record 59 receptions and Crowder for the 2016 regular season had 67 receptions for 847 yards and a team leading seven receiving touchdowns. But Crowder was not so productive in the 2017 and 2018 seasons due to injury and also ineffectiveness, including a problem with drops during the 2017 season And Crowder's career since his time with the Skins has been uh, so-so. Crowder, in March 2019, signed an unrestricted free agent contract with the New York Jets. He played for the Jets for the 2019 through 2021 seasons. He played for the Buffalo Bills in the 2022 season, of having signed with them as an unrestricted free agent in March 2022. Crowder's 2019 and 2020 seasons with the Jets were pretty good. But Crowder, over the 2020 through 2022 seasons, played in just 28 of a possible 50 regular season games. He, over the last three seasons, has missed a lot of time. He, in the 2022 regular season, played in just four of the Bills' 17 games due to a broken ankle. Now, something that has come up with Jamison Crowder is him potentially replacing receiver Dax Milne as the commander's primary punt returner. Maybe Uh, And it is true that Washington's last regular season punt return for a touchdown was by Jamison Crowder all the way back in October 2016. But two things to keep in mind. A, Crowder has registered just nine regular season punt returns over the last four seasons, although all nine did come last regular season. And B, Crowder actually was a disappointment as a punt returner. With the skins. Uh, He was their primary punt returner in each of his first three NFL seasons, 2015 through 2017. He, for the 2015 regular season, ranked dead last, 24th out of 24 qualified players in the NFL in yards per punt return at 5.27. Uh, he was much better in the 2016 regular season, ranking number four among qualified players in the NFL in yards per punt return at 12.15, although the bulk of his good work came early that season. But then came Crowder for the 2017 regular season, ranking just number 23 out of 25 qualified players in the NFL in yards per punt return at 6.8. So in two of his three seasons as a punt returner for the Skins, he was not good. But I've got zero problem with the commander signing Jamison Crowder to their practice squad. Low cost, low risk move. And who knows? Maybe he can help the team. Maybe he can find some of the uh, 2015 and 2016 magic. Although, uh, of course, 2015 and 2016 were a long time ago, NFL years are like dog years. 2015 and 2016 are a lifetime ago in the NFL. Here was Rod Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on what he liked from what he saw from Jamison
4: Crowder.
2: Well, first of all, a, a veteran that was comfortable out there going to catch punts for us. Um, he looked really good. Uh, he's, he's a very crafty, shifty, um, um, route runner and, uh, you know, kind of looking for a little more veteran guy out there as well to help out and, uh, we'll see how it goes, how, how the rest of this week, um, unfolds.
1: Yes, we will. Uh, as for the Cardinals injury report for Wednesday, three Cardinals players were listed as having been limited participants in practice, tight end, Zach Ertz, receiver, Marquise Brown and backup offensive tackle, Kelvin Beachum. When it comes to this upcoming 2023 Commander's regular season, here was Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on what he has seen from his team to make him believe that it is ready to play meaningful football this Sunday afternoon. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's insider Stephen Wino of the Associated Press.
2: Oh, I, I just think the growth that we've had in the last couple of years. I mean, it, we, 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 we've got our heads above water in, in, in light of the situation, circumstance we've had the last few years. I thought this, this training camp was different. Uh, the energy level was different. The, the way the guys did things was different, obviously. Um, you know, a lot of it has to do with the new ownership. A lot of it has to do with what we've done on the offensive side of the ball. The experience we have on the defense. I mean, these are the things that you're looking for um, and I think that's what we're getting. So again, we'll, we'll see, that's why we play them on Sundays.
1: Obviously this is your fourth season, but new, new, new starting quarterback in Sam, new ownership, full house on Sunday. Kind of what do you make of just kind of the fresh start aspect of what Sunday's gonna be like? And you get to play a football game too. I, I think that's
2: it, the, the, the biggest thing about more or anything else is that, you know, we'll play in, in front of a packed house. I mean, that, that's exciting. And, and what we're looking forward to is, you know, seeing the crowd and, 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 and seeing a crowd that's in our favor. I think that's going to be really cool. Um, you know, our, our, our business side has done a terrific job uh, selling the tickets, selling the suites, getting the fans engaged. Um, and, and, and that's kind of the synergy of it all. Now we have to go out and do our job and, and play the best of our abilities.
1: Just how loud, how raucous, how good will a sold-out FedEx field be for this Commanders-Cardinals game on Sunday afternoon? Is Washington about to have a true, legitimate, home field advantage for the first time in a long time. Uh, Rod Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on how pumped he is to coach at a sold-out FedEx field this Sunday afternoon.
2: I, I'm very excited. I really truly am. Um, a lot of it has to do with just, you know, from my own personal experience, having been on the football field, uh, even though it was on the other side, but just watching the, the, the bleachers literally bounce at old RFK. I mean, that, that was... I mean, as, as a rookie in the league and it was a playoff game, the atmosphere was unbelievable. It's just one of those things that, you you know, I'll never forget. And I, I know I've referenced to it many times. And, you know, this is this is what we've been working for. And this is what's exciting. And, you know, we got to live up to it now.
1: Yes, you do. Uh, you most certainly do. Well, the Commander's game against the Cardinals at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 1 may be sold out. But if you are looking for great deals on tickets to other Commander's games, make sure that you download the GameTime app and use the promo code ALGALDI. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the GameTime app. GameTime offers great deals on last minute tickets and has a best price guarantee. So you no longer have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. The Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time. Will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about Game Time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team, venue, or artist. Uh, I was just on Game Time looking at tickets for Commander's games in the 2023 regular season. A lot of good deals and the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting super easy. Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country. Game Time is the app. For last-minute ticket deals, you don't have to plan months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. GameTime also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Get the tickets without the stress with GameTime, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use this promo code. Al Galdi. You use that promo code Al Galdi, you get $20 off your first purchase. Uh, terms do apply, but download the Game Time app, create that account, and use the promo code Al Galdi for $20 off your first purchase. What time is it? It's game time. <laughs> download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Well, something that has been going on for years with the Redskins slash Washington football team slash commanders is that the team starting quarterback does a press conference every Wednesday for every regular season game week for which there is a game the following Sunday. This has been going on for a long time, and this is again the case this season, although the word for this season is that the commander's starting quarterback will be doing his Wednesday press conferences before Wednesday practices as opposed to after Wednesday practices. Whatever the case, uh, the commander starting quarterback for the 2023 season for now, and I hope for the entirety of this season, is Sam Howell. So Sam was at the mic for a pre-practice press conference early Wednesday afternoon in preparation for the team's 2023 regular season opener, which is this Sunday afternoon against the Arizona Cardinals at FedEx Field at 1. Sam's press conference early Wednesday afternoon happened just hours after the commanders announced Sam as one of their captains. For the 2023 season. Uh, The team on Wednesday in the 8 a.m. hour announced six captains for the 2023 season, two offensive captains, quarterback Sam Howell and receiver Terry McLaurin, two defensive captains, interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen and corner Kendall Fuller, and two special teams captains, Punter Tressway and safety Jeremy Reeves. John Allen is a Washington captain for the fifth time, and so he will be wearing a special gold patch Uh, All six guys appear to be deserving captains, so congrats to them. I say appear mainly because we are still getting to know Sam, but uh, I tell you, everything that we hear and read about this guy as a guy is encouraging. Did you hear or see what receiver Jahan Dotson said about Sam Howell? Jahan was on NFL Network's Good Morning Football on Tuesday morning. Uh, This was Jahan on Sam.
4: Man, I'm 100% on the Sam Howell bandwagon, man, yeah. a silent killer. Uh, that's what I call him. He he doesn't say much, but uh, he's going to go out there, he's going to ball, uh, he's going to hoop. And one thing that I always say about him is he never he never looks phased. It's crazy. And that, that's something you want to have in a guy who's leading your offense, someone who steps in the huddle um, and is ready for war every single play. He doesn't look phased. Nothing phases nothing him. He always looks poised.
1: Jahan Dodson, high praise for Sam Howell, called him, quote, a silent killer, <laughs> end quote. Uh, this was Sam on Wednesday afternoon on being named a team captain.
4: Yeah, it means, it means a lot. Um, definitely another thing that I don't take for granted, um, just to be, to be named a team captain and it being voted on by the other guys on the team means, it means a lot to me. And it's definitely something that I don't take lightly. Um, so yeah, that's definitely very thankful of my teammates for giving me that honor. All right, and this was head coach Rod
1: Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon on Sam Howell being named a team captain.
2: I think it's really cool. It really is, and and it was one of those things that, you know, you sit there and you, you say, oh, I hope they picked the quarterback, picked the quarterback, and they did um and so it was it was really it really was cool that they did that but it but it does tell you is that they they get him they understand who he is I mean he is a quiet leader a very confident guy very steady I mean he's so even keel that that's one of the comments that a lot of the guys do make about who he is is that man nothing seems to shake this dude and 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 that's I think kind of important because now his teammates recognize that he's not going to get flustered he's going to be able to handle himself
1: you know you think about Sam Howell what An opportunity that this guy has with the Commanders. He is a 2022 fifth round pick with one career NFL regular season start. And yet he is the Commanders QB1 for the 2023 season off the team, just having been sold to the Josh Harris group about six weeks ago. How many other quarterbacks taken on day threes of recent NFL drafts have had anything close to an opportunity like this one that Sam has with the Commanders? Sam on Wednesday afternoon on the opportunity before him with the Commanders.
4: Yeah, um, it's just a great opportunity. Um, You know, obviously, this is a very exciting time in this organization and in this franchise. And, you know, to get out there on Sunday at FedEx field in front of a sold out crowd it's just it's a dream come true um, and it's, 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 an, it's a really big blessing for me to just have this opportunity um, to lead this team out there on Sunday and I'm just gonna try to do everything I can to make the most of it um, I, this is definitely not something that I take for granted um, and I know I'm super blessed to have this opportunity um, so I'm gonna try to do everything I can all week to prepare and give myself the best chance to go out there on Sunday and be successful.
1: Certainly, there are some Commanders fans who are skeptical of Sam Howell being a good NFL quarterback, but my sense is that the majority of the fan base is excited about Sam and understands what I have talked about many times. Yes, he was taken on a day three of an NFL draft, and yes, so few quarterbacks taken on day threes of NFL drafts become good NFL quarterbacks, but also, yes, he is not your normal day three quarterback just lumping him in with all of the day three quarterbacks who have amounted to very little as NFL quarterbacks. misses key context. The evaluations of Sam prior to the 2022 draft were not of him as a fifth round pick. Commanders insider John Kime of ESPN in a piece that came out this past May 6th revealed that the commanders had a consensus second round grade on Sam in the 2022 draft. NFL insider Albert Breer of the MMQB in a piece that came out on August 28th revealed that commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy as Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator had a second round grade on Sam for the 2022 draft. Uh, I was the first podcast or show to talk to former Skins general manager Scott McLuhan about Sam. Uh, Scott has joined me each of the last two commanders off seasons. Uh, Episodes 317 and 567, if you'd like to listen or re-listen to Scott on this show. He has been outstanding both times. Uh, But Scott, in each appearance, had a lot of good things to say about Sam Howell. Scott believes that Sam could prove to be a franchise quarterback. But the good thing about About the Sam Howell scenario now is that it no longer matters all that much when he was drafted or what pre draft evaluations of him were. What matters now is can he play? And we're about to find out. Uh, of course, a key factor in how Sam performs in the 2023 regular season will be Eric the enemy. Uh, the team's offense is his, of so that there is no doubt. This was Sam on Wednesday afternoon on how his relationship with Eric has evolved over these last few months. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's Insider Ben Standig of The Athletic.
4: Um, I think I, I think we've made a lot of progress, um, and I think he's he's definitely gotten more comfortable here. And I think... He's gotten better just because us us players have gotten better with the system. Um, so therefore we can expand on certain things and we now have a full understanding of what he's talking about when he says says different things. We know exactly what he's expecting on different concepts and we've just, we've just been able to grow in the offense. Um, and you know, I think at, at this point everyone's bought into what he's teaching, um, and everyone knows it works. Um, we're bought in. We're, we're fully bought into him, and you know he's done a really good job leading us so far. And we're excited going into the season with him. It seems on the surface an interesting personality dynamic. He's clearly
0: very intense, and you seem to be pretty chill. How does that kind of mesh? Uh, is it is it just similarly I don't know if it's the opposite to track but is it just kind of find a way to work?
4: Yeah, no, definitely, we definitely mesh better than you probably would think. Um, you know, obviously when we get on the field, he's very very high energy um, but he also has the ability to kind of be be more relaxed and you know teach and I think when he's teaching he's not as you know energetic as he is out on the field um, but no he, he does a really good job of knowing how to turn it on and off um, and knowing when he needs to be like that and when he doesn't need to be like that um, but no I think we mesh well together um, I think our personalities mesh well together and I think not only me but for the rest of the guys in offense you know we've enjoyed having him here and just feeling his presence he's in every day has only made us better.
1: Going to be so interesting to see what this Eric bieniemy coordinated commander's offense looks like in its regular season debut. Are we about to see a run-pass option, an RPO eruption? From the Commanders, Sam Howell as QB1 for the University of North Carolina ran a lot of RPOs. Eric Bieniemy spent the last five seasons as the Chiefs offensive coordinator. The Chiefs ran a ton of RPOs. How about this? According to Pro Football Focus, the Chiefs from the 2018 through 2020 regular seasons ran 669 RPOs, 200 more than the next highest total for a team during that span. But as for Eric being uh, rather loud, (laughs) which, by the way, I'm fine with. I really don't think that that is that big of a deal. But this was Sam on Wednesday afternoon on how he, with Eric the Enemy, separates volume from message.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of something that you kind of learn over time. um, And you kind of learn how he is and how he gets his message across. Um, And I think... At this point now you know we we have a great understanding us players have a great understanding of you know what he means when he says certain things and exactly what his demands are and we know exactly how to meet his standards um, and i think that's the main thing that we've learned over time is we've learned the standard that he has set for us um and obviously you know he he cares a lot about the details and you know he's he he gets on us if if things aren't right um but us players man that's what we want we want to be coached hard and he knows what it takes to be great um, and so we're fully bought into him Good to hear that. Uh, here was
1: Sam Howell on Wednesday afternoon on what Eric the Enemy most wants from Sam.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of things. Um, obviously, he wants me to run the show. Um, he says it all the time. He says he wants me to have the keys to the car. Um, and just, you know, he just wants the quarterback to be the guy out there running the show and I have to be able to get people lined up. Um, and he says all the time, not only know my job, but know everyone's job. Um, so I think that's the main thing that, He says, you know, just as far as playing quarterback in this system, um, and I love, and I love that part of it. You know, I love the control that he gives me. I love the responsibility that he gives me. Um, So it's definitely a quarterback-driven offense, um, and it's been a lot of fun to play in.
1: So Sam Howell says that Eric Bieniemy wants Sam to run the show, not unlike a point guard in basketball. And guess who spoke to the Commanders on Wednesday morning? One of the team's limited partners and perhaps the greatest point guard in NBA history. Irvin Magic Johnson. Here was Sam Howell on Wednesday afternoon on hearing from Magic, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with John Keim.
4: As a team, it was our first time meeting him, um, and it was awesome, man, just to be able to hear what he had to say and be able to ask him questions at the end and pick his brain. Um, we're just so fortunate as players to have a guy like that as a part of this organization that you know, has an open door and is always – You know willing to help us and with any questions we have obviously he's been through so many different teams and as not only as a player but as an owner and won so many championships on both sides of it um so he definitely knows what it takes so it's it's fun to have him here
2: did you have a chance to talk to him and anything that you wanted to pick his brain on
4: um, no, I mean, it was kind of just a team setting. Um, you know, the, the one question I did ask him is, you know, what what did those teams that he was on that won the championship, what did they have that the other teams, you know, that he was on that didn't win championship, what did they have that they didn't have? Um, and he just talked about, man, they believed in each other. Um, and, you know, they just stood, to get, stood together as a team, and they policed each other and always held each other accountable. Um, but, no, it was, there was definitely so much, you know, good information that he just gave our whole entire team. So it was such a blessing to have a guy like that here. Okay. This was Ron
1: Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon. On Magic Johnson speaking to the team.
2: What was really cool was, you know, when the players engaged with uh, with Magic, uh, ask, you know, asking a few questions, and and and, you know, a couple guys asked, you know, what, what's it. What's a championship team? What's the characteristics of it? And and just listening to his answers, our, our guys really—you could tell—they really bought into it and understood exactly where he's talking about. It's funny, you know—it's kind of like being a parent. You you can tell your kid all you want, but till somebody uh, like Magic says it, then it means something. Um, but it was really cool because um, he talked to the guys, talked about the characteristics of the championship team, about how they held each other accountable, how they—you know—didn't matter who you were, you could—you know—you could hold each other accountable, and, and that was probably one of the more important messages. And I, I really appreciated that. And um, just listen to him talk to the guys about how he, you know, how, how successful he is. Uh, and, and you understand why, just because of, uh, of, of, of who he is.
1: I tell you, Magic Johnson speaking to the commanders on Wednesday morning really seemed to make an impact. Uh, both he and the team's managing partner, Josh Harris, were at Wednesday afternoon's practice. More from Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on Magic
2: you know when 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 you talk about coaches that have played in the league it doesn't necessarily mean you're better than anybody it just gives you perspective and then when you take uh, a person uh, as iconic as magic you know has won five championships as a player and five championships as an nba owner you sit there and you say, "Wow, he's got a such got an unbelievable resume." And so, what what he does, what he says, resonates very strongly with these young men. Um, what I, I found really cool is in, in just talking with our players about the new ownership. You know, one of the things that they they've said is just the fact that you know they, they've been able to sit down, talk with them, have lunch with them. Um, you know, Mr. Harris came in a couple of times and, and has had meetings with our guys during training camp and spent a little bit of time and asked them specific questions about what can we do, how can we help, and. And then they've gone out and done these things and 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 that's kind of the communications that that our players have had with these guys but at the same time um, them following through has been really really big for the guys and 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 I think that's one of the reasons that um, i mean they're pretty excited I mean having mr. Harris come in and you know talk to the guys introduce magic and then you know sit back and, and let magic do his thing and then every now and then um, he would interject and 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 the players would, would would respond I mean it was really it was really neat it really was
1: Yeah, and Rod Rivera late in his press conference on Wednesday afternoon admitted that he himself learned from what Magic Johnson had to say.
2: Oh, very much it. so. I, I, I mean, I, I do pay attention. And what was really neat was you could see us when he was saying things and it would catch our guys' attention. You could see how, how engaged they were because they would lean in. And I could see guys getting to the edge of their seats, leaning in to listen to every word he was saying. And I, I was doing the same thing. I mean, it was, it was really kind of neat. Um, it was really neat to listen to him talk about the dream team. Um, and, and how it was to play with a group of guys like that and what it meant, you know, and, and that, how that group of guys still held each other accountable. And, uh, you know, he said this, the hardest thing he had to do was figure out which guy he was going to give the ball to, whether it was going to be Jordan or Bird. I mean, you know, what a tough choice.
1: Yes, uh, former Wizards player Michael Jordan, a very good player. <laughs> uh, know this about Magic Johnson. The guy, as a sports owner, wins, period. Uh, Magic also is a part owner of Major League Baseball's Los Angeles Dodgers, Major League Soccer's Los Angeles FC, and the WNBA's Los Angeles Sparks. All of those teams have won championships with Magic as part owner. The Dodgers won the 2020 World Series, LAFC won the 2022 MLS Cup, and the Sparks won the 2016 WNBA title. Additionally, Magic is the chairman and chief executive officer of the investment conglomerate Magic Johnson Enterprises. And oh yeah, he was a pretty good NBA player too. Uh, Magic as a player for the Los Angeles Lakers won five NBA titles in nine seasons. It feels like everything that this guy touches turns the to gold, uh, perhaps that uh, golden touch will apply to the burgundy and gold. And speaking of a golden touch, Catering by Uptown will provide your big event with the perfect golden touch. Catering by Uptown, it is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations, and Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Uh, Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. Whether you're having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Goldie sent you. Also know this, Catering by Uptown has job openings for the event waitstaff. No experience is necessary and you get paid in-house training. This is a great opportunity if you're looking for work. Visit cateringbyuptown dot com. That's cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Algaldi sent you. Well, at last, the Nationals' six-game losing streak is over, and at last, the Nats have clinched not having at least 100 losses in the 2023 regular season. A 3-2 walk-off win over the New York Mets at Nationals Park on Wednesday night for a split of a two-game series and for an end to a six-game losing streak. I'm proud of the boys. (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's right. Nats manager Davey Martinez. He should be proud of the boys. Uh, the boys on Wednesday night overcame a 2-0 seventh inning deficit. And the boys for the 2023 regular season now are 63-77. and So what many had expected for the Nats, at least 100 losses, that will not be happening. Uh, the Nats... During their six-game losing streak, scored just 20 runs. Uh, The team's offense on Wednesday night was nothing special, but the Nats did rally. Uh, They, for the game, scored just three runs, totaled nine hits, worked two walks, went three for seven with runners in scoring position. The nine hits were made up of a double and eight singles. Again, the offense on Wednesday night was nothing special, but the Nats scored two runs in the bottom of the seventh and a run in the bottom of the ninth. And the hero was Jacob Young. Uh, He on Wednesday night as the Nats starting center fielder and number nine batter went two for four with a walk-off RBI single and a double. Did commit a fielding error, but Young in the Nats one run ninth had a walk-off one out RBI single on a grounder up the middle on an 0-2 pitch for a 3-2 Nats win. Uh, Also Young in the bottom of the fifth had a two-out first pitch opposite field ground rule double off the right field warning track. And this was off what Young did in the Nats 11-5 loss to the Mets on Tuesday night. Young in that game as the Nats starting center fielder and number one batter went two for four with a double, an RBI single, and a walk. Uh, It was on August 26th that the Nats announced that they had selected the contract of Jacob Young from AAA Rochester. He over 39 plate appearances with the Nats since being called up has an on-base percentage of 368. Uh, That's really good. This was Davey Martinez during his post-game press conference on Wednesday night on Jacob Young providing the walk-off RBI single.
5: It's, It's awesome. It's awesome and as I always revert back, you know, that's, he's, he's one of, of, of many that are going to come up and help us win games. But um, it's, it's, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for, for our, our club. You know, what, what I always say is these guys don't give up. You know, we're down, we're down, we're down. And they, they come back and uh, to walk off a, a team, uh, especially one of our young, young prospects, is, uh, is awesome.
1: Now, as for why Jacob Young was the Nats' number one batter on Tuesday night, but then number nine batter on Wednesday night, uh, well, C.J. Abrams on Wednesday night was back off not playing on Tuesday night due to rest. Uh, Abrams on Wednesday night as the Nats' starting shortstop and number one batter, one for three with an RBI single and a walk, and he went two for two on stolen bases. Uh, Abrams, in the Nats, two-run seventh, had a two-out RBI single up the middle to tie the game at two and then had a steal of second base. Also, Abrams, in the bottom of the third, drew a two-out walk and had a steal of second base. C.J. Abrams, for this regular season now, is 40 for 43 on stolen bases, an outstanding success rate. Uh, But yeah, he has reached 40 stolen bases. Now, Abrams has cooled off since his great July his walk on Wednesday night was just his fourth walk since the end of July I mean that is woeful a mere four walks since the end of July but gets to 40 stolen bases for the regular season here was Davey Martinez during his postgame press conference on Wednesday night on Abrams reaching 40 steals
5: yeah I mean hey, um as I was telling him, hey, you you could do Unbelievable things when you get the first base, yeah, you know. So a, a walk turns into a double for him, sometimes a triple. Um, you know, he, he works some some really good at bats today. Got on base, uh, got his 40th stolen base, but um, that's awesome. I mean, you know, I think you know, I think there's more in the tank, you know. So he's just he just he understands uh, the whole. St- uh, stolen base thing, he gets on base and he wants to get to second base, and that's that's a big part of, of stealing. So, um, but we need him to get on, you know. And I tell him, you know, walks are important, um, base hits, you know, two strike hitting is, is going to be really important for him just to move the baseball. There
4: aren't very many
0: players who have. Still on as many bases as CJ has at his age. Um, what are you seeing just from his baseball IQ this early on in his career, in that sense?
5: Yeah, he's, he's like I said. Well, you know, he's he's got he's got that um, that gift to re- really to get on there and, and read pitchers and understand what he can do and what he what he can't do and when he can't do it. So, um, but he's ultra aggressive on the bases, which I love.
1: Well, some other key contributors for the Nats in this uh, 3-2 walk-off win over the Mets on Wednesday night. Ildemoro Vargas, uh, he had a big hit. He and the Nats two-run seven had a pinch, one-out first pitch RBI single to right field to cut the Nats deficit to 2-1. Uh, also props to the former Met Dominic Smith. He is the Nats starting first baseman and number five batter went three for four with three singles, including uh, in the Nats two-run seventh having a leadoff single to right field. Well, the Nats starting pitching during that six-game losing streak was uh, quite bad. Uh, Nats starters during that six-game losing streak combined to allow 34 runs in 27 innings. Well, the Nats starting pitching on Wednesday night was decent, if not good, and wouldn't you know it, the losing streak came to an end. Johan Adone was the Nats starting pitcher for this 3 2 walk off win over the Mets. He allowed two runs in five innings with six strikeouts. He gave up six hits, two doubles, and four singles. He issued three walks, although two of them were intentional walks of Pete Alonso. Uh, Adone also issued a wild pitch. He threw 80 pitches, just 45 strikes versus. 35 balls. He wasn't great. He only lasted for five innings, but two runs in five innings with six strikeouts is at least decent, if not good. Certainly a lot better than what the Nats had been getting from their starting pitching during the six game losing streak. So nice job, Joanna Doan, who in this latest stint for him. At the major league level, has made six starts. He in three of the starts has been good, just five runs in 17 innings, including twice teasing throwing a no-hitter. But he in the other three starts has allowed 13 runs in 12 innings. Adone essentially has been all or nothing uh, over these six starts. Uh, and the Nats bullpen in this uh, 3-2 walk-off win over the Mets on Wednesday night was good. Four Nats relievers combined for four scoreless innings. Robert Garcia tossed one and a third scoreless innings. Mason Thompson. Thompson faced two batters and got two outs. He in the top of the seventh induced groundouts by the Mets numbers four and five banners, Pete Alonzo and Brett Beatty. Hunter Harvey tossed a scoreless top of the eighth and Kyle Finnegan tossed a scoreless top of the ninth. But also on Wednesday night was an injury scare, if not an injury period. Uh, Riley Adams, seeing a pinch hit plate appearance in the bottom of the eighth, hurt his left hand slash wrist in fouling off a pitch and left the game. Uh, Davey Martinez, during his post-game press conference on Wednesday night, said that x-rays on Adams were, quote, inconclusive, end quote. So we'll see what comes of the uh, Riley Adams injury situation. Meantime, we now have even more intrigue with this Mike Rizzo situation with the Nats. So it was on Monday, August 21st that we had multiple reports that the Nats and their president of baseball operations and general manager Mike Rizzo were close to finalizing a contract extension. Well, here we are now, two and a half weeks later, and still no official announcement of a contract extension. Then we, this past Saturday morning, September 2nd, learned that the Nats' longtime international scouting director, Johnny DePuglia, had resigned. Uh, DePuglia had been with the Nats since October 2009. And now we have this multiple reports on Wednesday evening of the Nats having made cuts to their scouting department. The Athletic reported of the Nats having informed six members of the team's pro-scouting department that they would not be returning. And reported of the Nats having made cuts to the team's amateur and international scouting departments. Uh, Nats insider Jesse Doherty of the Washington Post reported of the Nats having informed four members of the team's international scouting department that their contracts would not be renewed. Uh, And Jesse reported of the Nats having informed six members of the team's pro-scouting department That they would not be returning. And going back to The Athletic, uh, its top MLB insider, Kent Rosenthal, he on Wednesday evening in a tweet said that, quote, Rizzo still has not agreed to an extension, end quote. What is going on here? Uh, Are these scouting department changes part of a give and take? that's going on between Mike Rizzo and Nats ownership, the learners, regarding what the Nats front office is going to look like moving forward with the understanding that Mike is staying? Or are we on the verge of the uh, next batch of reports being that Mike Rizzo is leaving the Nats? He on the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan on Wednesday morning did say that he wants to stay with the Nats. But this situation is really odd because think about it like this. If the scouting department changes are a manifestation of the learners being dissatisfied with the NAT scouting, and honestly, the learners have many reasons to be dissatisfied with the NAT scouting because the team's bad drafting and bad player development are why the team is in the midst of a rebuild. But if the scouting department changes are a manifestation of the learners being dissatisfied with the NAT scouting, then why would the learners keep the man in charge of the scouting in Mike Rizzo? Like, these are Mike's people. This is Mike's department. He is the president of baseball operations and general manager. What sense does it make to keep Mike but make him make a bunch of changes when he may not want to make these changes? Like, if you as ownership are dissatisfied with the job that Mike's department has done, then why exactly are you keeping Mike? Odd situation, there may be a lot more going on here. That we know. Uh, no game for the Nats on Thursday. Next up for them, a three-game series against the second-best team in the National League, the National League West-leading Los Angeles Dodgers at Nationals Park. Game one, Friday night at 7.05. Mackenzie Gore will be the Nats starting pitcher. Game two, Saturday afternoon at 4.05. Game three, Sunday afternoon at 1.35. The Nats starting pitchers for games two and three of this series are to be announced. All right. Well, the American League-leading Orioles now are two-thirds of the way through a nine-game road trip. The O's on this road trip are five and one. Not bad. Uh, They won at the Los Angeles Angels 10-3 late night on Wednesday night to complete a three-game sweep and be back, Joe Angel, in the win column. And the Orioles again in the win column. You are correct, Joe. A whole lot of Joe Angel off the O's winning each of their three games at the Angels. Uh, The win column, a familiar place for the O's these days. Now, the Tampa Bay Rays did beat the Boston Red Sox 3-1 on Wednesday night. So the O's now for this regular season are an American League best 88 and 51. uh, Still are three and a half games ahead of the Rays for the best record in the American League and for first place in the American League East. Uh, The O's now have won five consecutive games and 14 of the team's last 18 games. Here was O's manager Brandon Hyde during his post-game session with reporters early Thursday morning. Every series is important right now, so
4: it uh, doesn't matter who we play. It's th- every series is important. We only have twenty-something games to go, and and uh, they all mean something.
0: Going well, back to well, on those lines, the West Coast can always be tricky. How nice is it to do what you did in these last two series? No
2: doubt. Um, it makes you nervous a little bit coming out here, and,
1: and uh, well, the way that we've handled it the last you know the last couple of weeks, we've come
4: in here twice. Really proud of our team.
1: Andy should be tremendous hitting for the O's in this three-game sweep at the Angels. The O's over the three games scored a total of 21 runs, racked up 35 hits, worked 13 walks, and went a combined 14-for-41 with runners in scoring position. The O's in this 10-3 win late night on Wednesday night scored 10 runs, totaled 12 hits, worked 6 walks, and went 6-for-17 with runners in scoring position. And how about this? The O's did all of this despite two of their best players, designated hitter Adley Rutschman and third baseman Gunnar Henderson, going a combined 0-for-10 with a walk. Rutschman and Henderson 0-for-10 with a walk and yet still The O's put up the offensive numbers that the team did. Uh, Two Orioles each got on base four times. Anthony Santander and Austin Hayes. Santander as the Orioles starting right fielder and number three batter. Three for four with a two-run homer, an RBI infield single, another single, and a walk. Uh, Santander for this regular season is number one on the O's in home runs with 27 and is number one among all qualified Orioles players in OPS at 826. Number four is Austin Hayes at 799. He is the Orioles starting left fielder at number four batter when Four for four with a solo homer, a double, a two-run single, another single, and an RBI sack fly. So the Orioles' corner outfielders in this game, outstanding. Uh, The Orioles' starting pitcher in this 10-3 win at the Angels late night on Wednesday night was Kyle Gibson. He allowed three runs in six innings. He gave up six hits, a two-run home run, a double, and four singles. He issued two walks. He recorded three strikeouts. He threw 87 pitches, 54 strikes versus 33 balls. Kyle Gibson for this regular season has made 29 starts. His ERA is 512, which is woeful, but he's number one on the O's in wins with 14, which tells you all you need to (laughs) know about the validity of the win stat for pitchers. I find that funny. The O's are the top team in the American League, and their leader in wins is a guy with an ERA of 512. Uh, three Orioles relievers combined for three scoreless innings. Sino Perez, a perfect bottom of the seventh. Shintaro Fujinami, a scoreless bottom of the eighth. And Cole Irvin, a perfect bottom of the Of the ninth. And yes, I did say Cole Irvin, Brandon Hyde, during his pregame session with reporters on Wednesday afternoon, revealed uh, that Irvin, who had been in what had been a six man Orioles rotation, now is back in the bullpen as the O's for now are back to having a five man rotation. But Hyde admitted that that could change. And the reason that that could change is that the O's appear on the verge of finally getting back starting pitcher. John Means his minor league rehab stint is winding down as he comes back from Tommy John surgery which he underwent on his left elbow on April 27th 2022 what could John Means mean for the O's come the postseason this could be a big time addition to the Orioles rotation no game for the O's on Thursday next up for them a three game series at the Boston Red Sox game 1 friday night at 710 Kyle Bradish will be the Orioles starting pitcher. Game 2 Saturday afternoon at 4:10 Jack Flaherty will be the Orioles starting pitcher and Game 3 Sunday afternoon at 1:35 Grayson Rodriguez will be the Orioles starting pitcher. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at AlGaldi. You can email me the AlGaldi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show episode 652 will provide you with more on the Commanders as we will get you ready for the Commanders 2023 regular season opener home to the Arizona Cardinals this Sunday afternoon at 1 including the season debut of Rhyming Keys, <laughs> my keys to a Commanders victory in rhyming fashion. Uh, Also on Friday's show, Goldilocks, my college football picks against the spreads for Maryland, Navy, Virginia Tech, and Virginia. I'll be picking games for the Terrapins, Hokies, and Cavaliers. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and they'll talk to you on Friday.
4: Man, I'm 100% on the Sam Howell bandwagon. Man, a silent killer. Uh, That's what I call him. He he doesn't say much, but uh, he's going to go out there. He's going to ball.